Welcome to season four of Exploring the Prophetic. We are on a journey of spiritual curiosity to see how God's voice can impact us and the world around us. I interview guests from every walk of life and background about how their relationship with God and hearing His voice has given them different opportunities and breakthrough experiences. This season, I'm also asking every guest how they got through a time when they thought they had heard from God or they received a prophetic word from someone else that didn't happen and how God helped them to resolve that. Come join our conversation on Exploring the Prophetic starting now. I love doing Exploring the Prophetic podcast. And one of the reasons why is because I get to talk to people who, although he's a friend now, he was someone I really admired his worship, Ryan Ellis. If you've never heard of Ryan Ellis before, you are in for it, man. He's amazing. He's just incredible as a songwriter as well. He's written songs for people like Chris Tomlin, Matt Redmond, Natalie Grant, Meredith Andrews, Jared Andrews, House Pires, Jeremy Riddle, Stephen Malcolm. And for all seasons, uh, he's received ASCAP's most performed song in 2018 for Resurrection Power. I'm sure you've sung it if you're in a church or if you were in a church in 2018. And accompanying Dove Award nomination is his career milestones. And he is just absolutely not into <laughs> accolade. <laughs> he, he just loves to worship. And he loves to influence people's idea of worship, which is just amazing. Ryan has been a part of Expression 58 at times. Uh, our worship community helped us to write, helped us to think about music, helped us to do worship retreats. And that was after I heard him so many times. And I mean, his, his songs are some of the playlists that I listen to all the time still, even some of the older ones. And I just, I absolutely am in love with some of these songs. And so I, I asked him to come lead worship one time at our local church and also at some events we were doing. And he said, yes. I was like, yes, this is amazing. So after being worship pastor of Isle Visa uh, Upper Room, which I knew about Isle Visa Worship, and that's where I found him from, he ended up transitioning down to more Southern California. And now he's just doing all of this songwriting and musical production. And he's been with some of the, the greatest guys um, in the industry right now, in the Christian industry. And his newest uh, albums are both life and response at the same time. One is a worship album, one's more of a pop album. <laughs> I'd encourage you to get both. You're going to love it. But I mean, he's had over 50,000 people listen a month. It's just crazy. So you're going to love this as far as his subscribers. And let's go on a journey with Ryan and hear what motivates this worship and hear his prophetic journey. Because one thing about Ryan is that he doesn't just want to do music. He wants to see people encounter God. And he's actually prophesied and prayed for healing and laid hands on people at a lot of his events, believing that worship is a, a catalyst for the presence of God to come in mighty power. So I love this. Come listen. You're going to enjoy it so much today. Hi, this is Shannon from the Bowls team. I want to tell you about an exciting offer for our brand new book, Wired to Hear, written by Sean Bowles and Bob Hassan. It's about connecting God's voice to your life, influence, and career. If you work for a living or run your own business and you desire to hear God's voice for yourself in the workplace, this is the book for you. Right now, you can pre-order Wired to Hear through bowlsministries.com. You'll receive a signed copy, a submission for a free grant, and many other exclusive offers only available through bowlsministries.com. Grab your copy today. Okay, so I have like, and and Ryan, I'm going to embarrass you. You're, you're <laughs> like my my favorite worshiper to listen to consistently. Like I still listen hey. to your old stuff. I oh. love your your you know your pop music that you brought out. Uh, my girls know it. They'll be like, let's listen to that again. And so even if it's like, you know, like five years ago stuff or however long ago the live stuff was, 
we're still listening to that. We're listening to your, you know, Dang. stuff from like two years ago. We're listening to your stuff from last year. So like, I'm yeah. actually a fanboy, <laughs> even though we've become friends. I'm a fanboy, and so I'm really happy you're on today. Thanks for coming on. Come on, thanks, Sean. Wow, that's such a <laughs> man. Make me all blush over here. <laughs> What's funny about worship music too is it feels like it has its season and time, and then it's done. Yeah. But like some of the stuff, especially when you've done live stuff, not not that people shouldn't listen to your stuff. That's not like it's amazing. And the production quality is amazing. You're so talented. But the, the live stuff for me has been like consistently I've gone back to and been like, I need to hear that song again right now in my spirit. So just just so you know, like I'm um, you know, yeah, you're you're on my playlist all the time. But it's uh, weird. It's weird because like, you know, I don't know, it never gets easy. Anybody who ever makes or who who is a worship leader, I don't know. It's like you 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 feel like blessed to hear that. And it's also really weird at the same time. Because <laughs> it's also like, you know, like you're, you're Sean Bowles, you know what I'm saying? And like, I've gotten blasted listening to your prophetic words and, and gotten revelations and probably got poured into, you know, I got, I've gotten poured into maybe the same way that you felt like with those songs. And it's just trippy. I just, God uses all of us, but. Except for I can press repeat. If you press repeat, you get bored. Oh my gosh. It's not true. It's not true. <laughs> I want to I want to take our listeners on a journey because I I want them to get your music. I'm really hoping they'll get your music and follow you because I think some of the stuff you're about to come out with too is going to be really important. But I want to just take the the listeners on the journey of your life because you're young, but you've been in this for a while. And um and some people may have never heard of you. People who have heard of you may have never heard of the stories behind this guy who sings. And you know, I just think like tell us how you got involved in worship and your walk with God. Like how did that all end up happening? Yeah, well, I um, really started writing music after I got saved. Um, I couldn't write a song to save my life. I was like very musical growing up, and my mom, she's you know very musical as well, and and she just had a beautiful voice, and that's what, that was my singing coach, you know, growing up, you know, Filipino mom telling you, oh, that don't sound good, <laughs> you know, or like you know just. My mom was a really good mom, but also very, very honest. And so, but that grew me, you know, I, I, I grew to like strive to like be really good at performing arts and different things like that, but I could never write a song. It was really weird. Wow. I kind of just like, you know, I tried, it just didn't really interest me. And, um, and then when I was in the Navy, I, um, I graduated from high school, was in the Navy and, um, and that kind of thank you by the way for serving you're welcome <laughs> no, for real. that's a big deal thanks man i think it's funny to think that i served in the navy like because it feels like it's a whole different life you know and sure it's so like not what i do now <laughs> you know i'm like sitting making beats and like trying to figure out what shoes i'm gonna wear with my outfit and like <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing well while i was in the navy i got saved wow my mom actually was the one who got me saved. You know, my mom's just been giving me gifts my whole life. <laughs> you know, I joined the Navy after I graduated high school. You know, I graduated high school by the, you know, by the, you know, hair on my chin. And I was like, what am I going to do? I didn't really have a plan. And I kept hearing my grandma's voice. You know, she's like this old Filipino lady. She's like four, four foot two. And she's like, you know, she used to cut hair on the Navy base in San Diego. Oh, wow. And I used to go to that base growing up. She'd be cutting my hair. And she would always say, Ryan, 
you have to join the Navy. You have to sacrifice, <laughs> you have to sacrifice for your country. And I was like, what? <laughs> she's like, and uh, she's the only one. I was the only one she told that to out of all the kids. And wow. I don't know why, you know, I was a knucklehead back then, but I think she just thought it was going to straighten me out. And then I said, okay, I'm going to join the Navy. Then I ain't got nothing else to do. And I remember clicking on the website and I was like, okay, this feels like a fresh start. Try it out for special forces. I did the physical, you know, fitness test to get into the program, passed it. I was training with the SEALs in boot camp. And then that's when I first heard like the voice of God, you know, wow. actually my first prophetic experience was when I was in boot camp and I was just laying in my rack. And, um, you know, I just remember, you know, I was so in, I was so into it, you know, I was ready to kind of do this, this Navy SEAL thing. And, you know, I was really getting it. I was getting up there in my class, like, you know, getting recognized all my, my boot camp instructors knew who I was and they knew I was motivated. And, and then I, and then the Lord spoke to me and said, uh, you know, this is not what you're created for. <laughs> Like, oh my gosh. He showed me like my life in a split second. And he um it was like it's hard to explain because it was, it was it was, you know, it's like experiencing the full nature of God and how you can feel something. Like I've heard even people experiencing things in heaven, you know, like where it's just like a knowing all of a sudden, you know, like when you're even in a dream, totally. you, totally. you know how long you've been there, you know, you know the whole backstory. And uh that's what it felt like. It was like a split second. I, I, it was like, I had, God gave me his blueprint for my life. You know, he was like, yo, come on, man. Like, this is like, not that like, you know, he messes with anybody's will, but it was like a deep understanding of what he had put inside of me and that I was going to be emptied of that if I had like finished the program. Wow. Anyways, you know, I don't know. That's just how I translated it. And I just knew that this is what I was meant to do. I knew I was meant to do music right at that moment. And I knew my life was going to do that. And I had, and it was like a reminder because I, and I knew my whole life really since I was a little kid. I don't know. I just always had a feeling. And uh, mm -hmm. that was like a reminder. And then after, you know, I tried to tell my boot camp instructors that I was getting out of the program, you know, they weren't happy about that. But, you know, I felt like this is what God, really put on my heart. And then that led me to being placed in Boston, where I got stationed on the USS Constitution, which is old Ironsides. Uh, oh, wow. One of the first like Navy ships built for the uh, United States Navy. And I got to experience some really cool things. I got to sing for the vice president. I got to sing the national anthem for Dick Cheney. Wow. Medal of Honor recipients there. And it was a cool time, but I really wasn't thinking about God. And I find, and, and actually what happened was that that moment in boot camp didn't really empower me to like start following Jesus. I was just like, Oh man, I need to get out of the seal program. When I was in Boston, that's when my mom started texting me, <laughs> you know, Bible verses. <laughs> and she was like, she was on me. I was starting party pretty hard in, in boot camp, And then my command found caught wind of it. Mm. Uh, and, uh, and my roommate and I, they did a, they did a, a, a command sweep and, um, and my, and my roommate popped for drugs and, um, they tried to wow. get him to tell on me and they were trying to kick us both out. And, um, this guy was like, he was a real one. He was like, he came back to the, to the room 
and told me everything. And he was like, they tried to get me to snitch on you, bro. But I ain't no snitch. <laughs> and I was like, what? <laughs> oh I was like, God. are you for real, dude? And I was like, sitting there looking at him like, and then I saw myself when he got kicked off. They did it in front of the whole command. They kicked him off the ship. And uh, I was sitting there looking at him like, that could have been me, you know? And it really shook me and I started seeing my life and I was like, what the heck am I doing? <laughs> like, you know, it was like, I'm trying to hook up with chicks. I'm drinking, I'm partying. I'm like in the, na like, you know, but I didn't have any core, like, like I just saw like my life felt kind of like meaningless. Like I didn't have any principles you know or like i just that was like the beginning thought right and then my mom started bringing me these scriptures and i started seeing god and how much he's involved in everything you know and i was like dang i think i need god in my life to be a better person <laughs> you know that was mm -hmm. my main goal was like i just wanted to stop being kind of the way i was and uh, my mom started dating this guy on Christian Mingle. <laughs> and she found this dude on ChristianMingle.com who had his master's in apologetics. He started discipling me over the phone when I was in the Navy. And so I was like standing midnight watch or whatever. And I could call this guy up and ask him questions about the Bible. And he would uh, just answer every single one of them with like just straight truth, you know? And I started getting my you know getting built up in the word and i remember praying i was like god get me back in california so that my brother can encounter you six months later i get stationed in port wainimi which is in ventura uh, county and the guy that my mom got engaged to that she met on christianmingle.com lived in camarillo which is like 10 minutes away from the base so i get stationed there and uh, my brother and I, we, you know, start hanging out. He gets saved. And then Phil Wickham is hot on the streets at the time. And so I'm like, I think I can do what this homie's doing. And I like wow. pick up a guitar. And because, you know, I just really loved his voice. And I had never heard, you know, back then it was like casting crowns or like, <laughs> you know, all these different homies. And I was like, you know, this guy sings really nice. And when I was singing with him, it made me feel like I could, re I, my heart was really singing, you know, and, and it really encouraged me to start writing my own songs. And so me and my brother, now my brother gets saved. My mom saved. <laughs> I got this new stepdad who's like discipling me and my brother. And then I'm like playing guitar and my brother's playing djembe and percussion. And that's kind of the beginning of how I began into it. But then I really, you know, I think God really took me the next level when I really encountered him and the Holy Spirit, you know, because I was going to these churches. This is like 2009, 2010. And, you know, it was crazy because you know, I had a bunch of head knowledge. My dad had his master's from bio. My stepdad has master's at Biola oh, wow. in apologetics. So I was filled with a lot of head knowledge and I didn't really have like a true encounter with the Lord. I was just like a noisy gong, you know, I could feel it. And I was like the type of dude that would like debate Mormons and like go to, you know, like Jehovah's Witness knock on my door, but like, oh, come inside, you know, <laughs> like, like, you know, and it just wasn't out of love. And, um, <laughs> that's what it was it just wasn't out of love and yeah. i uh and i remember having uh this encounter with the holy spirit it was a little bit after i got out of the navy i came back from Afghan. i went to afghanistan uh so i served five years in the navy i did two in boston and then i did the other three on the west coast 
um, one of those deployed out to Afghanistan. And I was in the Seabees, and that's where my, te- my faith really got tested, you know, because head knowledge only goes so far. You know, you can only argue with people for so long. Absolutely. <laughs> and Absolutely. I was like getting worn down, bro. I was like, like they would corner me. And I'm like, uh, uh, you're right, because it doesn't come in word form. It comes in love. It comes in like action. You know, those things will outlast any argument, you know, and I didn't know that. And I was in Afghanistan and I got destroyed. <laughs> you know, it was like literally going to war. Mm. and and i freaking lost you know and i just like and my my you know my shame and my guilt drove me you know and um went back into my old habits but then came back you know and like the praise lord god. you know praise god it was like so quick too you know it was just like it was just like even a, a confession i remember i remember the night i did it cuz my I was at my mom's house my brother was there Right. And they were like, really on me, you know, what's going on? Like, you know, I was like, I just got back from Afghanistan. I'm tripping out, you know, and like all this stuff. And, and I just remember crying and saying, I'm just tired of being angry. I don't even know why I'm so angry. I'm just tired of being angry. And in that moment, I felt the Holy Spirit come and wash everything clean. I can't even really explain wow. it. It was like everything made sense to the question of like, God, how does that kid who lives in this burn pot, because we used to have these huge dump sites out in Afghanistan or whatever, and you'd see like poverty, man. You'd see kids living in the trash, you know, burning trash or whatever. And, and I'd be like, what about them, God? You know? Uh, and, and, but in this moment, I felt his peace. I felt his like, he's like, I see those people too. And he's like, he goes, trust me. I'm like making myself evident to everybody, you know? in one way or another. And um, it gave me like just a supernatural faith, you know, and then, but I still had an encounter with the Lord in a way where it powered me to like live in faith. I yeah. was on, this, I was in this night hike, you know, I'm doing, still doing Phil Wickham style worship, you know, I'm like, you know, leading at Calvary Chapel and, and trying to get on the worship team and trying to, spike my hair up and <laughs> look as white as possible. I don't know. Oh my gosh. <laughs> we can get that. I don't know, but we get, uh, <laughs> no, I think it's perfect. Um, but I, but you know, I was, and that's the thing too, you know, it was like, you know, that's part of the journey as well as like finding who I am and, and loving myself and knowing that I'm supposed to be unique and that's a form of worship, you know, and I'm not supposed to look, like Phil Wickham or like Chris Tomlin or any of these other homies, you know, and are like, maybe not even sound like them, you know, but for so long, you know, music has, that's been the the LeBron James, you know, but, um, but I don't know. No, it is like the benchmark that everybody tries to set themselves up for. There's always one of those. And I love that you've become so your own sound. So you go from like that place all the way, you know, Mm-hmm. Still in the military, leading for wicked worship, yeah. trying to figure it out. Where was the encounter? So I was actually on a night hike, um, and that was a good way to bring it back. That was great. You <laughs> be a good interviewer, you just did it. <laughs> I will and, play uh, reminders. <laughs> I was on a night hike with a good friend. His name is Matt Erspringer, and he um, used to lead teams out in YWAM. 
uh, uh, for DTS in different countries. And like, this guy was amazing. He would like, um, you know, go to the middle of nowhere, bro, with people, with young kids and be on in faith and like establish a culture of the Holy Spirit there. And his dad was That's all awesome. part of the whole like Lonnie Frisbee and, you know, the Jesus movement. And so there's like these generations and these kids that have come from parents, you know, that kind of like believed in faith with their parents too, you know, and he was one of those guys, Lonnie Frisbee. And then Matt would always, Matt Erspringer would talk about him. And then he would talk about the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues. And I was like, you know, I was like, oh, bro, you better be careful with that. <laughs> you know, I had the, <laughs> I had the, the, the discipleship of Biola apologetics, you know, and I was ready to destroy this guy. And I like, you know, I was like, bro, you need to be careful with that. Cause he was talking to my brother, you know, and my brother's listening and he's like, oh man, he's like, you just got to be baptized in the Holy spirit. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, so you tell me there's two baptisms. And he was like, yeah, dude. And I was like, well, can you baptize me in the Holy spirit? <laughs> and it was like out of a challenge. Oh, wow. And, um, and my brother's there, a couple other friends are there and I'm like, oh shoot, what did I just say? You know? And cause he goes, yeah, bro, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, and the thing that I found is when you just like let your walls down, it's like, you know, it says in the word that God, you know, can't do anything with the prideful. You know, I just I because I was like, oh, shoot. I was like, all right, well, let's see what's up then. Like, you know, I'm sitting there and I'm and I'm like, close my eyes and I say, God, if this is of you, I trust you. If this isn't of you, like protect me. <laughs> and wow. um, and he put his hand on my shoulder and he started speaking in tongues and it just shot through me, bro. I'm not even lying. I used to watch the Benny Hinn videos. I used to watch all these things and feel like this is straight up like these guys are demon possessed and but wow. as soon as he put his hand on my shoulder, I could feel like I felt as if there was like electricity going through me or like, you know, just like being reborn, being reborn in that moment. And I could feel myself almost falling over. And I was like, I can't fall over. I was locking my knees. You know, my brother was holding me up like and I like and he was and and Matt started prophesying over me. And he was like even reading my he was reading my mail. He was, you know talking about all these things and he was declaring these things and you know it felt like samuel pouring oil on my wow. head I was, like, I was like dang i felt so known and like this is freaking nuts and this is god i don't know what the heck just happened but i opened my eyes and it felt like i was seeing the world it was like i like neo dude like i opened my eyes and i was in the matrix <laughs> and i was like whoa there's something going on there's something going on and i don't know what it is but i want to i want to know what the heck is going on? That's mm. all I knew. Mm. I was like, there's something more than this. And it was before Bethel was blown. This is back in 2010, you know, like back yeah. then, if you were listening to Bethel music, you were like, you know, demon possessed. You wow. know? Wow. And my and this isn't to put my, my mom or my anybody I love on blast, but this is just my testimony. And they, you know, but I it, it put a strain on my family, you know, my mom and my dad, because they were so that wasn't they didn't have any language for it. You know, now, like I, I explain it to them, they've seen over the years, they kind of, they understand what the Holy Spirit has been doing and, and the walk of faith and, and the way that I trust. It's basically like me showing my relationship with God and the Holy Spirit and them like, are you sure you're listening? You know, people get, get afraid, you know? So, I mean, I, I went from leading Phil Wickham style to all of a sudden, 
leading like <laughs> two hour long spontaneous sets. <laughs> you wow. know, I was like doing it and uh, without having any reference except for United Pursuit. So I was, Matt Erspringer showed me, it was back on CD and he popped it in. He used to drive like this little uh, a Subaru and um, <laughs> we used to go everywhere in that thing because all of a sudden I'm out of the Navy. I couldn't even get a job as a waiter. They said that I had no experience, but I had just got back from Afghanistan. I like led a team of 30 through the desert, you know, like looking for IEDs and like, you know, I'm like, what the heck? And I mean, that's crazy. Yeah, it was pretty nuts. And I, and I had a big chip on my shoulder and I, you know, I think God really crushed that too. It's like, my identity wasn't in the military, you know, and it wasn't in all these things. And when I found the Holy Spirit, thank God, it like saved me. I think of what probably happens to a lot of people who get out of the military is they don't know what the heck. Cause every, yeah. you know, it's like, it ignites yeah. this militant thing in you and like this like warrior. And you're like, you know, you want to do something, you know, you see evil, you want to do something about it. When I found the Holy Spirit and I was like, dude, I have the ability to change someone's whole way that they see God by by just sharing my testimony and what I've seen, you know, and trusted God with, because there's yeah. some people who have super different narratives or realities. And I can't imagine like, um, like what people live in some, some different types of fears, you know, and to go back. So he was showing me United Pursuit because I had no job. But then I got baptized in the Holy Spirit. So I had nothing else to do. And I was just like, well, what better way to spend my days than just waking up and being like, God, what do you want me to do? And so that be kind of came my thing that I was doing with Matt Erspring and we just go worship. I don't even know. Sometimes I can't even remember in those days we were like doing so many things. Like I remember we the first time it was like going over to some guy's house and he was demon possessed and and we like did like the first exorcism. Like I it was crazy. Things were flying off the walls. We were seeing like demons fully. It was crazy, bro. I was like, ah, uh, it was like going into this adventure. You know, I really wow. wanted my life to look like the book of Acts. So I was like, any chance I could do something like, I want to see, I want to go to the, I want to like, see the craziest things. Even when people were like rolling on the ground or if people were like saying crazy, like I had a grace for that. I'd be like, okay, they're just learning. You know, I just saw it as like children, you know, when a kid's learning how to talk, you're not like making fun of them, you know, or they're like getting up and they're trying to, you know, I just saw everything as like, People are just trying to figure it out, you know, yeah. and if you can just like be cool with that, then you're loving them, you know, and, and it gives you freedom to do, you know, and I went through that whole phase, you know, and I've had real encounters of like joy and laughing on the ground and different things like that. But we would go out to like church parking lots, you know, this is when it was a little bit more intense. It was like, we felt like God like wanted us to wade into these church, church parking lots because Nobody was like prophesying back then. Nobody was like laying hands on people and getting like words. And for some reason, that was so important to me because it made me wow. feel like this is a way to make people really see that God is real. And if you really felt that, it would empower you to live differently rather than what I'm just seeing, you know? And it was crazy too, because worship wasn't even like on my radar, like as a, something that I felt was going to shift or like needed to be more. But I remember when I was in worship, you know, I remember I felt like, gosh, this is so predictable. I felt like this thing in my stomach, you know, like just back then, you know, I was just like, this is so, I just wasn't satisfied, you know? And then when I got baptized in the Holy Spirit, I went for like six months every single night doing spontaneous worship where I was singing out. You know, I had like a core set, like a skeleton, but just us going for hours 
but it was because my spirit was groaning, you know, it was my spirit wow. was ready for me to like, to walk into it, you know? Well, I do say like when you're doing worship, even now, I feel like you're, you're doing a good job, but you're waiting for something to happen most of the time. Like, <laughs> yeah, I watch your face and like, you're very patient compared to a lot of worship leaders because you're not just trying to get over a song or do your yeah. three song list or your one fast song, two slow songs, one fast song. It's like you're, you're very like you're, you're expecting something to happen or to hit a place that satisfies your own soul and ministering to God and just seeing his presence come. And that's, that's super unique to me because I feel like a lot of worship leaders aren't even in touch with the presence of God mm. or in touch with the fact that he wants us to be present with him in a yeah. way that touch it, that meets a hunger in both him and us. And I think it's really a beautiful thing in that live experience. And I think you've captured well in the CDs as well. And I'm sure it came from that, that heart. I love how you described the militant heart that wanted the adventure, you know, and wanted the, the warrior heart, you know, that just the kind of background you came from. And then, you know, your younger years spending time in parking lots, who does that? Like parking lots, seeing worship and trying to see what God will do. And some of the other crazy things you've done. Yeah. I mean, those things shaped you. But I want to I want to fast forward us a little bit if that's okay. I'm going to take us because we don't have a lot of time left. And I'm going right. to get to one of the stories I want to get to is you ended up getting married to a beautiful woman, and mm -hmm. you guys had two children, yeah. and um, one is now in heaven, little Asa, yeah. and the other one is with us. And talk about just family and like all of a sudden you're in a career of music, but you're not in a traditional career. You're not like in a you know you've you've worked with some some of the greatest guys out there. But yeah. you haven't like said, hey, I'm going to go this more traditional route. You've actually been very, to me, entrepreneurial in your, in the side of yourself. Talk about that as a yeah. worship leader. Yeah. Well, a musician. Yeah. Well, fast forward. So doing parking lot, you know, <laughs> evangelism on my own. I move up to Santa Barbara. I join a ministry called Jesus Burgers. Um, Which I is kind amazing. Of, tell tell yeah. us like one minute on that, just so people know what it is. Jesus Burgers is a ministry up in Santa Barbara that is affiliated with uh, UCSB and they have uh, different other churches involved like Westmont. And, um, but, you know, Jason Lomolino and the Lomolinos, Jason and Holly Lomolino have been there for almost, you know, over a decade. Um, and they've, uh, or even longer, I can't remember, I'm sorry. But it, they've been there from the beginning. They're the founders and they feed the city through hamburgers. And um, really they set the culture of, prophecy right there they have a house that's in the center of this party city and uh, kids come up they get a hamburger and then we just love on them and that's, that's really where everything you know where i learned how to like you know operate in love rather than hey i want to show you this prophetic gifting or i want to yeah. like you know i became like i just learned how to just serve and actually and that's my wife you know that's why i fell in love with my wife you know i just saw her serving people you know anytime we had new people she always served them and and um and so that's where I really started my my journey with songwriting and figuring out how to actually serve the people in front of me. Because, you know, sometimes you're writing songs and you don't learn that you're actually writing songs to serve the people in front of you. And and and, and that's what makes the song the most powerful. So I got introed into songwriting because I was, um, you know, I wrote written a song called Resurrection Power. And um, Resurrection Power was really geared towards, you know, again, this was like the beginning of the Holy Spirit, you know, kind of like me learning about what's inside of me and what's, you know, because this was nobody really had a lot of, you know, Bill Johnson. I was listening to a lot of Bill Johnson and Chris Valentin back in the day. And um, 
because they were just making sense of and, and giving real truth around, you know, Holy Spirit and how to live in this identity. And that's the biggest thing, I think, for me in all of this. It's like my journey has been how do I live in my identity? What's my identity, you know? And so the Resurrection Power song came out of me saying, you know, I have resurrection power living on the inside, no longer bound by sin and darkness, you know, living in the light of your goodness. Wow. You know? And um, I love that song so much. And, and, you know, it was, it was what we got juiced on, you know, in Cheeseburgers, you know, we'd be packed in this garage and we'd be sending it, you know, and (laughs) that song, you know, um, I eventually partnered. So this is what's crazy. The prophetic, you know, I was like, you know, God told me back in the day when I first reunited United Pursuit that I was going to work and write with United Pursuit. Wow. And, um, you know, they were influential in how I, you know, approached worship and wrote songs and in my gauge for like you were saying, waiting on the Lord. And, um, you know, while I was in Santa Barbara, I got the word to partner with Michael Ketterer. God told me to reach out to Michael Ketterer and I reached out to him and, you know, I got his phone number from, from Mac Montgomery, who was the worship pastor for Ivy worship. And then I started riding with United Pursuit and, um, and I started doing things with Michael Ketterer and, um, and we started doing worship nights in Orange County. And then, that song resurrection power ended up going off into Kona, Hawaii, because we had a worship pastor out here in Orange County. We all used to sing that song. They hear it out in Kona. Ed Cash, who is Chris Tomlin's, you know, good friend, producer, writer out there. His daughter's going through YWAM Kona, DTS. He goes out there because they've been singing the song resurrection power. And so he calls me up after that. And he's like, bro, this song's amazing, you know, wow. and I had no idea literally anything about, you know, the Christian music circle and, 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 you know, getting in, in, in invited into these rites, you know, like I've, so I went from, you know, leading worship in coffee shops to, you know, all of a sudden I was, you know, in Nashville and I remember sitting in Nashville and I remember God saying, you know, I was like, what am I doing here? This is not what I do. You know, I'm not a, you know, I, I like worshiping in the living room. And God said, you're going to be ministering to the Christian music, you know, scene. And I said, oh, and I started seeing it. You know, I started seeing this thing that God wanted to do. And, and, and this, this thing that was burning on my heart. And, um, and that was even before the resurrection power. I actually brought resurrection power out. And this is what's crazy about God's timing is like, I got invited to a songwriting retreat out in Washington and I was doing the songwriting retreat and I showed them resurrection power. The label didn't like it. And then two years later, or almost a year later, Chris Tomlin's cutting it, you know? And that was like God's timing, you know, and, um, and trusting. And then I remember after that happened, you know, things start picking up a little bit more. And, um, and then, you know, I think the biggest thing that's really helped me is really you know, when I'm in these sessions, you know, I've met a lot of amazing people, you know, and, and my journey in the Christian music market, you know, from riding with people like Matt Redman, you know, Natalie Grant, cutting a song, you know, Chris Tomlin, and, you know, other people have others, we have other songs in the work, you know, these are people that, you know, I never thought I'd be working with, or I never thought I'd be in this market. It's got its challenges, but it's like, it's been such a blessing. And it's been God's faithful, being faithful to his word from when I said, what are we doing here? And I love it. And I love that I'm kind of like trying to carve out my own little thing. You know, I got love for everybody. And, and, 
everybody else and how they do their music. But it's like, I feel like my journey in this Christian music market has been me figuring out how to be more myself, you know, and even growing and figuring out how do I make that even better? Yeah, it's been a journey. No, that's a, that's a great place to kind of even transition because in the midst of this, going after Christian music and you've had like, you know, tons of people have covered your songs and people have sang your songs and worships all uh, in church services and conferences, events all over the place. And you've been out there. Talk about kind of the connection between, because even, you know, songwriting versus performing, like you're called to perform too. So talk about like, you know, all of a sudden everyone's covering your stuff. And for a while there, you were being more covered than you were performing. And <laughs> we were talking about it. You're like, it's great that my songs are getting nominated for awards that I don't get to sing. You know, it's just, yeah, it was exactly. one of those moments in time where, which is you, you were being sarcastic because you totally were blessed by that. But <laughs> talk about that for just a minute. We have a few minutes left. I want to just talk about being a songwriter and a musician and a performer and like how those tie together. What do you find the most fulfillment doing? Well, I find my fulfillment in like, I'm, well, just recently, I'm finding my fulfillment in just like being present, you know, like I look at my life right now and I'm like, nobody, like, I feel like I'm just so thankful, you know, like I'm yeah. thankful for what is happening. And, but I feel like what I love doing is, is getting to just partner and dream with God. But what's, you know, is interesting. Yeah. It's being a songwriter. I think I'll always be a songwriter. I'll always be a, a you know, I love writing songs for other people and all that. But part of that, you know, it was, it was, like I said, it was God's timing because, you know, that song resurrection power, you know, it was kind of an interesting decision. You know, do I let Chris Thomas sing it or do I sing it? You know? And I felt like God said, you know, he has the acts, you know, that song is for the church, you know? And if the revelation is to get the church to have that revelation and you have someone who has the key to that, like, why not? You know, it's like, if God said like, Hey, translated into this Chinese, now I got to get somebody who speaks really good Chinese, you know? And yeah. um, so I felt like that was the word and just trusting God in that. But, um, you know, it was also some time for me to kind of like learn what kind of songs that I want to sing and what's the message that I want to sing. And because I feel like it's different in the sense of, you know, the way that we used to deliver songs, you know, where it was congregational and all these different things, I feel like it's kind of changing, you know, and yeah, so, so much. figuring out how to deliver songs in a way that people can, that people receive, that people are receiving now, you know, not to say that the whole rah-rah congregational worship is going to be done, but I'm more excited about sharing these more intimate songs that I have that have just a little bit different language that just bring you into my worship world, you know? Mm -hmm. If you were to step yeah. inside of my my heart and my head and just like and just sit and listen. These are my my songs. And I think I just my my goal is to show people that it's okay to be different and yeah. to and trust God and to and it might not look like everything, you know, that everything else looks like. But that's the beauty of Jesus and the beauty of God. It's an adventure. <laughs> it sure is. It sure is. And watching your life, it's been quite an adventure. And I love to see that you're at the beginning and so many things, even though you've had this rich history and this experience, you're at the beginning of a lot of beautiful things opening up. One question I've been asking everybody on the first season, just kind of as a uh, an added bonus is, was there ever a time you felt like God told you something or that somebody gave you a word that didn't come true? And then how did you resolve that? Or how did you deal with that in your heart? How did God work that out with you? Um, surprise question. No, it's good. I feel like, 
I've never really had a word given to me that I didn't feel right away that wasn't a word that I didn't put my hope in. Like I've always felt like I've had like, and no one's really, mm, well, oh, okay. This is a good example. Me and Cass, you know, we broke up uh, before we got married um, and we had this experience, you know, we were, we were, you know, young and, and just, not living holy, <laughs> you know, we, said, we need to take a break. And so, but, you know, it was kind of like, Hey, we're going to stop this and we're not going to plan to get back together, you know, until God, you know, and it was like, what the heck? And I was tripping out. Cause I really felt like God had said this was the one, you know? And then I remember having this thought that, you know, that word, you know, that your life, that my life was so much more important than that one thing. And that there was so much more to accomplish than that one thing. And, um, and that, that wasn't, you know, I don't even know if that's answering it, but it was like kind of a breaking moment for me where I felt like, Oh, I had this word. Maybe it was, maybe it's just different, you know, maybe yeah. it looks different than yeah. what we thought it was. And there's so much more, you know, to look forward to. So, um, but I don't know, I would say, Honestly, and if people are having a hard time, like it's just as easy as like forgive yourself and forgive others. You know what That's I'm saying? People, so for good. real, if I'm gonna drop a, a little thing, like you know, you know, I feel like the whole prophet, you know, apologizing the whole Trump thing. I'm like, I don't know. I forgive you, bro. I don't even know if it even means like I, just, I would never ask for an apology from you. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, hey, dude, I've thought some things too, you know, but sometimes you're wrong, sometimes you're right. And, you know, it's just like, it's God's grace. And it's like, you know, we just learning. We're all learning. Totally. And that's, that's the point of that, even that question, because I know like when I was, I remember I was really sick at one point and people would actually tell me like I had a parasite, I was getting chemotherapy, the whole thing. And people would tell me, they'd come over to my house, they'd be like, the Lord told me you're going to be healed this week. Tough. And I'd get sicker that week. And like, to the point where this one lady came over and she's like, really well known in our prophetic community at the time back in where I was at in the Midwest. And she's like, thus saith the Lord. She does the whole presentation. She had brought yeah. over this thing that she broke in half, the stick that she's like, this is the bonds of oppression that are on you. And it's oh. going to break as I come here and you're wow. now going to be well and you won't get sicker. And I, I literally went into hospice two days later. <laughs> oh, my God. I did get healed, but it was like the timing of how people would say, I mean, did. I had just, people, you know, crazy stuff. People come over. I mean, we had people pray for Asa all the time, you know? Yeah. And the hardest thing is like, is that journey of like, you know, even with our son, he was dying and we we're like, you know, we we're just in faith, man. That's it. It was just yeah. like faith. Even when you're in real faith, you have no idea. <laughs> you have, you're literally in faith. You're just That's like, so you're not confident and you're not, you're not unsure. You are just like, it's like, you're just zoned out in a way, but you are totally trusting. And I felt like these people who prophesied over Asa that he was going to live and all these different things. Am I mad about it? No. The thing that I was most mad about was like, after Asa died, they didn't call. They didn't say anything, you mm -hmm. know? And I wasn't mad. I was just like, you know, and then I met them later and like, I just didn't know what to say. I'm like, bro, you didn't, you could have said anything, you know? And it's like, but people are, you know, and that's, and that's the thing I grew in is understanding, man. I'm not, I'm not mad at anybody or anything. It's like, I totally get it because I probably wouldn't have known what to do, but now I do. And I, and because I do know now, it's like, I can totally see how, and so it's like, it's, you know, for me, pr wrong prophetic words. I think it's like 
if you're if you're upset about a prophetic word, it's because you put your trust too much in a prophetic word rather wow. than God. Wow. You know what I'm saying? And and yeah. you've, you've made the prophetic word an idol. And um That's and so I, good. So <laughs> that's a great place. That's actually yeah. a closer life. That's a great end there, baby. Before we end, I want people to follow you. So what are the best ways for people to follow your music and connect oh, to you? Yes. Well, I'm on Spotify, Apple Music, Ryan Ellis. You'll see, you know, um uh you'll see me with a hat on or something. And then uh, Ryan Ellis on Instagram too. And um, there you go. That's awesome. Thanks for being with us today. Thanks for sharing your journey. Just even, you know, the navigation aspect of what you walked through with God and the vulnerability of how you're sharing it. It's just so good. So thanks for being with us. Thank you guys for listening. Thanks for having me, Sean. Talk to you soon, brother. Have you been enjoying exploring the prophetic? Well, you can enjoy it even more by becoming a partner with Bulls Ministries. Everything we're doing with our podcast is made possible by our incredible partners and financial contributors to our ministry. They are helping us to bring the equipment to upgrade everything we're doing to have the time and space to do this. It's a free offering we give to you. Maybe you're listening in your shower. Maybe you're listening in your car, your workout. Well, I want to continue to do this. I'm going to continue to have these incredible guests tell their prophetic process of how God's spoken to them so you can get a vision of how God speaks to you and also so that other people all around the world can have this resource at their fingertips from their smart device, their computer, their YouTube, whatever they have, that they will have this this incredible resource. So go on the partnership journey with us. As a partner, you're going to receive an email and communication every month from us. We resource you with a partnership page that has literally dozens and dozens of messages that only of our partners have. We also have partnership contribution back to you where we actually give resources. You guys get stuff first. Usually at Christmas time, we have a new book come out. You guys get it before everybody else and you get it signed. I love our partnership program. I love being on the journey with our partners because they are some of our, they're a team, they're our family. They're the ones who are contributing to make this happen. Come be a partner today. Go to bowlsministries.com under giving and membership and you will become a partner. Thanks for listening to Exploring the Prophetic, part of the Exploring Series podcast. These podcasts are made possible by generous donations of listeners just like you. Become a partner or visit us at bullsministries.com with your one-time donation today. Also, if you are enjoying the podcast, please become a part of our family by subscribing. Connect to us at www.bullsministries.com where we want to resource you with our articles, books, weekly mentoring, e-courses, and more or download our Bulls app free at our web store. We love to hear your feedback. Drop us a line and also your rating, reviewing and sharing makes such a difference in the world for people learning about us. Thanks for listening.